Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, Dave Jenkinson offers his Christmas message. And now, here's Dave. We were talking about a clock and a piece of jewelry, a piece of furniture, something that's really old. An item made by a certain designer from the past century. It took a great deal of time to find. Those of you who know about antiques know what I'm talking about. And we value it greatly. Some gifts are valued because the giver went and placed himself at great risk to get the gift. Perhaps that giver even went to a foreign land, risked their own life to seek out the unique, the only item found in that land. We say that's a valuable gift. Some gifts are so amazing, we just throw up our hands and we're speechless. Such is the gift of Jesus. Such is the Christmas gift. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. Unspeakable gift. It's a singular. Now, most of you and I will be getting more than one gift. But there is only one gift, and that is Jesus. So, in order to appreciate the gifts and gift giving, I did some research on the topic. Here's a few things that I discovered about gifts and gift giving. A man explained to me that he'd received a beautiful comb for a present. And his words were to the giver, thanks, I'll never part with this. The man was bald. My friend told me that his girlfriend had told him if he bought her one more useless gift, she would immediately burn it. Being the sort who always wanted to please, my friend went out and bought her a Christmas candle. A very old woman had three sons. Two of them were very rich. The other was poor. And her 100th birthday was coming up. The poor son said, I can never match my rich brother's gifts. Here's what I'll do. Since my mom is extremely religious, a devout Christian, she loves the Word of God. She loves the Bible, but she can't read it anymore. And so he spent a great deal of time thinking as the months rolled on, knowing that her birthday was at the end of the year, he bought a parrot and with intense training, personal sacrifice, he missed so many engagements, he taught the parrot Bible verses. He was so excited. He managed to train the parrot to say all her favorite Bible verses. And on the day in question, his mom, now a hundred, invited all three sons to her mansion. As she Thank the first and eldest son, the rich son. She said, thank you for the car and the chauffeur that allow me to go to church now. For the second son, she said, I thank you for the new home with its stair lifts and its chair lifts and it's all of its conveniences. I don't have to. I just have to think about it and something comes to me. And then she turned to her third son, the poor son, and she said to him, Son, you know me so, so well. That chicken was delicious. Did I tell you that Becky had hinted she wanted something for Christmas that had to do with diamonds? I was excited to buy her just the right gift. 
My excitement increased, and she opened the small box I wrapped with shiny red pepper, paper and topped with a bow. She opened it very slowly and looked at me with almost disbelief as she saw the gift. Yes, it was a complete set of fine quality playing cards. I'm now sleeping in the basement. I'm finding this a bit difficult to deal with. Actually, the last story was not true. Well, part of it's true. Becky and I do sleep in the basement. We call it our friendly dungeon, uh, but we love it there. So, on a more serious side, I'd like to look at three gifts from the Bible. And the first gift is found in James 1.17, where we have the definition of all gifts. Here in James, as he speaks to the believers, reminding them that life is more than just the law. And while faith must be exercised, it has to have works to be genuine faith. And he says this, Remember, every good and perfect gift is from above, which comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. This reminds us that all gifts actually come from God. Oh, did you forget to thank somebody this morning for a gift? You might have if you didn't thank God. Have you thanked him for the gift of heat? For the gift of transportation? For the gift of electricity? For the gift of a meal? There are many in this world today who have none of those four items. We should be grateful and thankful. But the mention of the best of all gifts is the gift that Jesus spoke about when he spoke to that Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. You remember it well. There he is, noontime. It's the middle of the day, the hottest time of the day. And Jesus has sent the disciples off to the Samaritan village to get a little food. And they're short on supplies. And they say, won't you come with us? And he says, no, I'm going to sit here. But he has, a, he has an appointment to keep. It's amazing how Jesus always has the appointments right on button. You're here this morning. That's an appointment that you kept, but God kept it for you too. The mind of the man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We've used that verse so many times this past year, have you? Because I find life is full of interruptions. There are many today, some even on Zoom, who couldn't get to church because they were snowed in. Some were on trains, stopped in the middle of the tracks because of accidents or derailments. Others are sitting right now in airports. Please pray for those folks. They're, they're discouraged because they wanted literally to be home for Christmas. That song that you keep hearing on the radio, that's what they wanted to do. But I'm telling you that the real home that you can be at is with Jesus. And you're always home if you're with him. Because he is our place of abiding. He is our resting place. Getting back to the woman at the well. Jesus is sitting there beside the well and she comes. She looks at him. Starts about her job. Pulling that rope up with the water. Uh, Ma'am, would you give me a drink? What? You're talking to a woman? Not only that, she says, and you are a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan? 
She knew what division and class structure she was in. She knew that her despised position. Some of us feel that we know our despised positions as well. Before God, there is no despised position. Because if you are in Christ, you are in the Son, the Beloved, the family, adopted. Jesus began by asking her for a drink. She had known the culture divides, but he says, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who spoke to you, give me to drink. You would have asked him. He would have given you living water. Ah. He declares himself there the gift of God. Some people today would call that arrogant and proud. Some people could say, how can a prophet, how can a man declare himself to be God? Because he is and was and always ever will be God. Some people say, oh, but didn't he get a, have a birth? We're celebrating his birth. This is wonderful. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior. But he was before his birth. For he says in John 8:58, as he declares to the people who did not want to believe because they knew it meant a change in life, he declares to them, before Abraham was, I am. Wow. He declares himself to be the one that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. He declares himself to be the one who spoke and the worlds came into being. He is the great I am. And if you're only celebrating today, the birthday of a prophet, the birthday of a religious movement, the birthday of a good man who had some good things to say about how to treat your enemies. And you've missed the whole message of Christmas. Because the message of Christmas is about God coming to us in the form of a little baby. And he says, if you knew the gift of God. Gifts were given in the Old Testament times for many reasons. The king, when he wished to bestow prestige and honor in Second Chronicles 21 and 3, gave his sons great gifts of silver and of gold. And Daniel in Daniel 2 at 6 was declared that if he could give the prophecy and the interpretation of the dream, he would receive gifts. Gifts were given for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes as a means of payment. Other times as just a bestowal of love. Even the book of Ecclesiastes, which we looked at some time ago, I love what it said. Every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. This is a gift of God. But the greatest of all gifts is what is said in Romans chapter 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians backs it up, whereas Paul writes to that church in Ephesus, that very sophisticated church right in the heart of the business and financial district. It would be in New York City, probably right on Wall Street today, if that was the, the church of Ephesus of today. And he says to them, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is by Grace, first. Through faith, your faith. And as we were singing this morning, I couldn't help but think of how myself and many of us here called out through the darkness. If there is a God, if you can hear me right now, I want change. I want you to come into my life. 
And wouldn't it be wonderful if on this Christmas day, many around the world were calling out to the God who hears, the God who cares, the God who loves, and the God who answers with miracles. And what is the greatest miracle? Yes, the salvation that has been procured through the gift of his son, the death the burial and the resurrection, all a part of history. But now in our history, his story becomes real to us. His story is in us. He dwells in you, the hope of glory. And so, what a gift we have received. The gift is also a faithful protection. Remembering in Matthew 2, verses 1 through to the, uh, the end of the story of the king's in verse 12, we have those who came and said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. I love the way the Bible is such a balanced book. Here are these Gentiles coming from afar, rich and powerful kings. And they come to worship at the foot of a baby. But this one only baby has to be the one the star leads them to. If any of you get a chance to see a little children's video on YouTube, take a chance to look it up. It's called uh, uh, The Nativity. I believe it's put out by Compassion Canada. It's really nice. They get to the scene where the children are reenacting the story of the first Christmas. And as the three wise men, and by the way, these are from Indonesia, so it's very special to those of us who have a heart for foreign lands. And the, the, the three wise men are dressed in their um, wise person's robes of that country. And they see a star, and there's this little boy walks up to them, and he's got a star, a stuffed star on his back. And then they says they follow the star and there's the little boy running down through the, the, the forest of Indonesia. And there are the three wise men running after it. And the star keeps going. And I thought, oh, what a sweet idea of how they follow the star. And uh, so if you get a chance, check it out. It's well worth it for you to, to look it up. They asked, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? But he wasn't just the king of the Jews. He was the king of kings and lord of lords. Is he your lord? Is he your king today? See, there's a mistaken philosophy that's rampant in all of Christendom, and it goes something like this. I believe in Jesus. He is my Savior, but he's not my Lord and King. Oh, no, no, no. I'm in charge of my life. I get to do what I... Oh, yes. He's my fire escape from hell. He's my rescuer from the, 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 the evils of the last, my last dying breath. But don't you dare tell me how to live, Jesus. He will have nothing to do with that kind of salvation. That is not salvation. That is deception. For without repentance, there is no salvation. That's why Jesus came first preaching repentance, just like John the Baptist. And where is he who has been born? They came to kneel. They came to give. They came to serve. They came to adore. I trust you and I are in that same category. When the kings left, they were all set to go back to Pilate, the Herod, sorry. They were set to go back to Herod. Herod had that little uh, twist 
Oh, please, when you found the boy, just come back. Tell me about him, where he is. I want to worship him too. None of the sorts. He wanted to kill him. And what later happens proves that. But the kings could not go back the same way after they met Jesus. Now, I've seen lots of little babies, even newborns, and they're always so cute, even the ugly ones. They're always beautiful because they really just endure us. But they're, just, they're, they're just something about a, a little baby. But this baby changed lives. And these men who were in, ready to go back to Herod, all of a sudden had a dream. And God says, don't you dare go back to that guy. Go another way. And they snuck out. Sometimes it's good just to get out of there. And they did that. And the same is true about you and I. When we meet Jesus truly, we never go back the same way. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of our favorite verses here. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. So you ask, if this king was born to set all men free, what happened? Why didn't he do that? You look around today. There are captives all over the place. Captives to drug addiction. Captives to pornography. Captives to, to gambling. Captives to all kinds of abuse. Why are they not set free? Well, because the same situation is still going on today, there's a dividing line between those who have come to faith in Christ and those who are enemies of the gospel of Jesus. Pilate entered the praetorium and called Jesus and said, Are you the king of the Jews? Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? The people said, Crucify him! Crucify him. And there are many today in this world who still hate Jesus. But let me remind you that he is the one who can save. And the thief on the cross looks at Jesus and says, remember me. He didn't have much time left. I hope no one hearing this voice today is in that situation on their last dying breath. But if you are, you can call out with your last breath, Jesus, save me. And he will. But please don't wait that long. He has given us life. And it is amazing, the life he has brought us into. John 10.10, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And if you're not having the abundant life right now, if you're, but what, what, by the way, what is abundance? Well, I love what Mark Lauer used to say. Life is a series of ups and downs. So what happens when you have the abundant life? You higher ups and higher downs. <laughs> That's the abundant life. But it's with Jesus. Because he comes to give us true life. Finally, the gift is a fantastic provision. A baby who was the king of kings. But how can a baby be a gift? Some of you may know the name Bocelli, Andrew Bocelli. 
Do you know that name? He's a popular uh, a singer. He uh, made a video recently. You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. He spoke and said it this way. A young wife went to the hospital because of what she thought was appendicitis. The doctors put ice on her stomach. And in between phrases, as he tells the story on the piano, he says at the end of the treatments, the doctors advised her to abort the child. They told her it would be the best solution because the child would doubtless be born with some kind of disability. But this courageous young woman decided not to terminate the pregnancy and the child was born. The woman was my mother. I was that child. I may be biased, he said. I can tell you it was the right choice and I hope this will encourage other mothers who will perhaps be at a difficult moment in their life want to save the lives of their children too. This man has a wonderful voice and a wonderful ministry. And yet, at the age of 12, he became totally blind, suffering a brain hemorrhage. But undeterred, he's now a musician of world fame, telling the story that all life matters. There were in the same country shepherds in Luke 2, verses 8 to 20, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone around it, and they were sore afraid. The angel said to them, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this is the sign. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. Shepherds were sure that this indeed was the Messiah, the coming Savior. They saw a baby, but they saw a great gift, a perfect gift, a humble gift, a godly gift. The believer who has trusted in the Savior has been given gifts as well. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, in talking about gifts to the church, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Did you know that comes from Psalm 68:18? Let me quote what Psalm 68:18, which Paul was referring to when he said that. You have ascended on high, you have led captivity captive, you have received gifts for men. Here's the part that Paul doesn't quote. Yes, for the rebellious also. Do you have a rebel heart? God can use a rebel heart and turn it around. Look at the life of Paul. What a rebel. But he turned and he turned that power of rebellion into a powerhouse for God. And it says, for the rebellious also, that the Lord might dwell among them. They probably didn't realize that when the God of eternity spoke those words through the psalmist, 
He was thinking of God dwelling in you and I. And that is the power to overcome sin. That is the power to live a life for God. And that is the power to do what he's called us to do. The greatest gift of all is none other than Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel. God with us. He's with us today. He's with those who are listening on Zoom. If they have trusted in the Savior and surrendered their hearts to him. If you amongst this group or some hearing my voice today have never submitted yourself to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, let this be the most amazing Christmas ever. We may have more gifts to unwrap, but the greatest gift of all is none other than salvation by faith alone in Jesus. A surrendered heart that receives the King of Kings. And may as we conclude our time together, as we sing these hymns and conclude in prayer, may we remember there are gifts, but then there is the gift. And he loves to communicate with you because he is Emmanuel. May God bless you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the free gift in the person of Jesus Christ. That he's given us salvation as a gift. He's given us freedom of sin and has brought it into a relationship that is eternal. That he shall reign forevermore. And our thoughts this morning as we part, that he is reigning in our heart, that he is reigning in our life, and he is reigning in our thoughts. Lord, we pray you would invade our space. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your eternal hope as well, that our perspective may shift to eternity in thinking about you in our life and realizing that eternity is today. We are blessed beyond imagination, Lord Jesus, and we thank you. That word gift sounds small, but as we think about it in the way of a never-ending gift, Lord, may it just expand in our hearts, our mind. May we, through our life, through our worship, return even a portion of the appreciation we have for you of giving that gift to us. And we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you're in the Timmins area or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.